Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome back to The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes, where I ask two published authors about their favorite tropes and the ones that make them want to cry. Unless it's a secret sibling, which probably is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all the Oh, thing. it all makes sense now. It's like, no, no it no. doesn't. It makes less <laughs> sense. I have more questions. <laughs> well, some, some people would argue he's the hero of Lord of the Rings. But... <laughs> some people being. <laughs> and it made you sad. The total opposite made you sad. Man, it is so bleak. I was reading it and I was like, damn, this girl's like, <laughs> You're gonna make a lot of enemies on the internet. And we're back with more storytelling chat. And this episode is all about trust. And in the spirit of trust, I'm going to do a big heads up because we are about to talk about unreliable narrators, and the spoilers are going to be out of control. So, it's easy to reserve judgment on a character in a story. They have to prove themselves to you. But surely you can trust the narrator. They're, they are, after all, the one telling you the story. They wouldn't lie to you. Yes, they would. And they do, frequently. I mean, how much did Nick Carraway even know about Gatsby? <laughs> and let me tell you this. You can never be sure. Because even David Attenborough, he isn't narrating these documentaries live. Those camera shots aren't sequential. They're not taken all at once. It's cut, shifted, moved around to make you see and hear exactly what the narrator wants you to hear. I mean, the most recent one was about dinosaurs. And let me tell you, that didn't happen. It wasn't live. It's fake. <laughs> you ruined that show for me, Jamie. <laughs> now that I've ruined that for everyone, now we're all confused about nature documentaries. Uh, let's get into it. Who better to kick us off than Naomi Gibson, whose new book, Game Over Girl, is out right now. Yay, thanks so much. <laughs> that was a great intro. Um, yeah, uh, Unreliable Narrators are so exciting to write personally, I think. Um, and I had such a good time doing it for Game Over Girl. Um, I think they are books that I naturally gravitate towards. And they lend as a trope that lends itself so nicely to thrillers. Uh, and particularly psychological thrillers, which are obviously my favourite. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was th so I was thinking about this um, when, when we said we were going to talk about unreliable narrators, and I was thinking like, there's this big question over like who is actually reliable anyway if you're reading something in first person, which I think maybe relevant. You might talk more about that. But I was thinking oh. like, th there's not just like one type of unreliable narrator. There's I have, I've actually broken it down. Are you ready? <laughs> let's go <laughs> um so there's like I, I reckon there's about four different types of unreliable narrators um mm -hmm. so you've got like the madman who's got this um crazy ideal or woman or mad woman <clears throat> yeah or mad woman you know or mad, or mad person sorry yeah. or mad person yeah <laughs> um and the, I, the examples of that i was thinking about were like you know humber humber and lolita um that mm -hmm. really famous book where this guy just wants to get off with this teen girl um and it's just like the most unreliable book, book ever because he's like trying to he like basically kills her mother and takes her away and stuff like that and 
has his way with her. And, and he's like <laughs> reasoning it with the with the reader, like totally trying to get them on board with it. Um, and then another one is you, like Joe and you. He's pretty unreliable. Oh, yeah. He's quite crazy. Yeah. Um, and then I was thinking another category is the liar. And I thought like the liars can kind of like do, um, they, they lie to people in, in different ways. So like, um, but you've got the narrators who lie to themselves um, either because they've had so much trauma in their past that they don't want to remember the truth. So they're telling you a version of events that may or may not be real. <clears throat> Game over, girl. And, <laughs> and so in, in so doing, they're lying to you, uh, the reader, and you have to work out what really happened and follow them on their journey as they fall down that rabbit hole. Yeah, um, I guess that's like the usual suspects yeah. as well. Well, no, you see, I think he is just, he's the other kind of liar. He's just lying outright. Um, He's lying to you deliberately. So, yeah, yeah, I've got him down as like a a really good example of of someone who's just outright lying. But the the people who lie to themselves, I think, are more interesting. Oh, um, I see. Okay. And in terms of story. So, like, you know, like um, Girl on the Train, for example, she's got um, like a big blank in her memory because she drank so much that night. She doesn't remember what happened. Um, so she she's trying to work out what happened as much as you are really, and then um, Sarah. Did we put Fight Club in that as well? Yeah, yeah, I think so because he yeah. doesn't realize either. Um, well, he he knows, but he also doesn't let himself know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I think um, Sarah Pimbera recently wrote um, Insomnia, which is about a woman who has insomnia, and slowly throughout the book, she becomes more and more unreliable because she's just like doesn't sleep, and um, it's like how much. Can you trust someone who has insomnia and who's trying, <laughs> trying to tell you a story? Is is interesting. Um, and then my last um, type of unreliable narrator. Uh, oh no, wait, I've got two. Sorry. Um, so one. Sorry. Uh, is so, liars? Is it two different types of liars? But it's one category. Yeah, two different types okay. of liar, one category. And then my third one is the exaggerator, um, who I think you would know who fits into this one. Uh, name of the wind <laughs> looking your way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as we announced this episode i was like name of the wind <laughs> yeah and you've also got the innocent narrator um who kind of has a really skewed view of the world um perhaps they're really young or perhaps they um you know like uh flowers for algernon is is a really good one he's kind of um an adult but he has like the the mental capacity of like a really young child so his view mm-hmm. of everything is is really different um, they kind of do that in Forrest Gump as well, where yeah. Forrest innocently looks at things which are bad that see, he doesn't understand. See, that's interesting that you brought him up because I think he's an exaggerator. Because, you think so? Yeah, because his story is like so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> are you calling Forrest Gump a liar? How dare that's you? The point, <laughs> so he's sat on this bench, isn't he? And he's telling yeah. these people this story and you don't realise his story is true until at the very end when he's in a magazine and you see his picture in a magazine and it's like, oh, right, shit, he is true. He is telling the truth. Like, okay, you take it at face value because he's, he's got so much detail in it, but he could just be sat there like exaggerating. Like, oh yeah, I won a ping pong championship. I went to the war. Like, I met the president, <laughs> you know, like, but what like a James, right? <laughs> oh, Yeah, I've just never heard someone, like, say Forrest Gump, the nicest man Sorry. in fiction. <laughs> it's <a> <laughs> so funny. But yeah, so, what, so were the, what were the categories again? So, I've got the madman, mm-hmm. or the mad person, um, the liar, which is, uh, you know, they can either lie to themselves or lie to you, um, and they've got the innocent uh, narrator and the exaggerator. And they're all really, really good. And they all lend themselves um, yeah. 
you know, in totally different ways to fiction. But my favourite, personally, are the people who lie. <laughs> <laughs> Where would you put... Um, I'm guessing it's in the liar category. If you did uh, Cynthia Murphy's Win, Lose, Kill, Die. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. in the liar category, I guess. That would definitely be in the liar category, lying. I think. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, because they, they brag about it as well. <laughs> Do they, they brag about it? <laughs> yeah, terrible the people, like, like Forrest oh, Gump. <laughs> That's true, yeah, literally the opening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. What about you, Melissa? You have also written YA in first person. Yeah. Yeah, so this is this is the problem I had actually when I saw the name of the episode. So interestingly, I do not gravitate towards thrillers on the whole. Yeah. I love Naomi's because they're sci-fi thrillers, <laughs> Thanks, and yeah. I am quite specific <laughs> and genre-y like that. So, like, I will read other stuff. I started a book club literally because I was becoming so genre-specific, and I was like, I need to read something outside of sci-fi. <laughs> or something I'm going to go insane. Um, but I do like reading Naomi's, especially because they're sci-fi, and I also like um, horror, which is also why I've read Cynthia's mm-hmm. thrillers. On the whole, I don't massively go in for thrillers. So it's interesting Naomi was saying about like, oh, it lends itself quite well to psychological thriller because I think it does because the very few I could come up with, like I did also think of um, Gone Girl. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of, again, spoilers, uh, that's kind of like a big reveal partway through is like, guess what? Everything I've told you was actually a manipulation and then you're still <laughs> not sure. Then and from that point, you don't trust anything. And that's kind of like the whole point, right? And at the beginning, you do trust it. And then halfway through, you're like, oh, no, my perceptions have been turned. You don't know what to trust. (laughs) Um, So, and I started reading um, Game Over Girl yesterday. Yeah. And I'm only halfway through. So no spoilers for that, Naomi. People want to buy it. And (laughs) that's the one one thing we're not going to spoil. And yeah, already I can see this is somebody that when the main character does things, again, it's written in first person, um, it, it, it sometimes you have to double take you're like wait hang on did she just pick that up why did um, she pick that up and like when she's thinking about certain things and repeating certain phrases about um accidents that have happened in the past you think did that happen or did that really happen <laughs> and you're not quite sure yeah. um and yeah i think maybe i didn't think of it as necessarily unreliable narrator in ya because a lot of ya is written in first person yeah and um, usually from a teenage girl and usually from a very in a very emotional heightened sense of the word like they're in the middle of a revolution or in love with a vampire <laughs> and a werewolf who would like to choose and so of course really technically speaking i suppose we should be thinking a bit more are they telling us a full story or is it the story as they see it and the story as they see it's how you get great voice right so it's like what makes a fun voice is that somebody's only telling you from their perspective so you're kind of on their side even if you peel it apart you think actually i shouldn't be on their side for whatever reason so yeah i found it it was a really interesting one for me because when i actually tried to think about it i didn't think i'd read many but then i did notice all the ones i had read were thriller so obviously it does come into other stuff like you're talking about um name the wind and obviously that's fantasy question mark yes fancy yes read it so it does (laughs) (laughs) i'm so bad with fancy as well as i say like oh my gosh honestly i'm the worst person in the world i used to be so much more eclectic but now i'm just not um but i think yeah loads of ya could fall into unreliable narrator yeah name of the wind we should talk about as its own thing later because it once again like it leans so heavily into the trope it kind of goes beyond the trope yeah um, okay the ya yeah it's so interesting seeing how much ya is written in first person yeah so then my question is and melissa you you know the undying tower is first person ya yeah do you think it's reliable yeah see um actually possibly (laughs) not purely because it also plays with so a lot of these unreliable things play with memory 
So yeah. Game Over Girl massively is playing with memory. We're in the present with the main character, Lola, but we're not sure if what she's remembering and telling us is correct or whether it actually matters whether it's correct. And they literally test that because I'm sure I could say this because it's on the blurb. They test that through a virtual reality game where the only rule is you're not allowed to make anything that's from reality. And even Lola is confused by the instructions. And <laughs> it's obviously because she's not quite sure what's reality and what's not. And you know that from page one. Whereas Sadie in the Undying Tower, like there's a load of, um, uh, what's the word for it? Flashbacks. And so I originally wrote those as the first 10,000 words of the book and then had to cut them to like get to the interesting bit quicker. Um, and I put them back in as flashbacks. So they weren't originally flashbacks. They were happening as she's speaking and therefore reliable, quote unquote, I guess. But now I think of them as flashbacks. She's also coming at them from the point of view of privilege. And she's changing how she thinks whilst looking back at these memories. Uh -huh. So they probably are less reliable. Not necessarily, She's not in the liar category. and I don't, But I think she might have been in the lying to herself category. Yeah. Yeah, because she's having to rethink something that happened and it did happen that way but maybe not for the reason she thought if that makes sense because it's all about revolution and pe being oppressed and she's seeing yeah. it through a certain lens isn't she at that exactly, point exactly. and then she re-examines so, what what she what she understands about the world she lives in yeah yeah so That's i think really it definitely example. does yeah i think i think ya especially and because ya is all coming of age and it's all about what do you think about things and what are your opinions? Not your teacher's opinions, not your parents' opinions. What is your opinion on this thing that you have seen? I think it definitely does lend itself really well to YA, even if it's not necessarily obvious it's a reliable narrator. Do you know, do you know what I was thinking just as you were talking? Uh, sorry, mm. I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like as you, you were talking about. On there. Why, no, as you were talking about, like YA as a category <clears throat> generally. I, mm -hmm. I would say that most people who write YA are probably adults. Like you get the occasional young uh, yes. adult teen, adult writer, but most of them are probably adults. So it's like, does that make them unreliable anyway? Yeah. Because they're being written by someone facade masquerading as like 17. Yeah. Yes. With hindsight. But, of, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. are all YA books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's all YA unreliable. It's everything. It's life unreliable. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's the problem. I think it was just um, the only ones. It's funny. Like you type in, so like, because we knew the unreliable narrator. I typed into Google, like top 10 unreliable narrator, you know, just to see down like Goodreads and stuff. What yeah. list do people put together with their favorite ones? And then you think to yourself, oh, right. Yeah, no, I have read that. And that is unreliable narrator. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Yeah, and it's obviously like a particular trope that means, especially in something where you're trying to work out something else. So obviously like psychological thriller where you uh, like don't know who the murderer is or you don't know who the bad guy is or you don't know who the sniper is. Then, of course, it's really helpful to use unreliable narrator because you're trying to confuse the reader at the same time as your characters. So it uh -huh. totally works and makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, I guess in that's in terms of the trope, whereas also it could be applied to anything that is first person and anyone that has a flaw because obviously your characters a good character has a flaw at the beginning that they don't see right yeah and then, so then if they're trying to become a better person by overcoming that flaw 
then they have to become more reliable in the second half of the book. But maybe the first half of the book, they're always unreliable. Yeah. So it's the want v need thing, right? And the idea is that characters exactly. don't really know what they need. They only yeah. see the want. So if, it, if you're yeah. writing in first person where the character is the narrator. Yeah. So there is no, do, do, we, do we think there is no reliable first person narrator <laughs> doesn't exist <laughs> oh it depends on reliable isn't it i did a history degree and i yeah, remember just thinking the same thing yeah and i Diary remember they would entries. always say like oh well this is true why is it true well there's a photograph of it yeah. happening so it doesn't mean it's true and then of course you get to <laughs> conspiracy theories don't you yeah. like did yeah, someone yeah. shoot jfk who knows um yeah. doesn't matter there's a video of it and you can play you can start <laughs> obviously driving yourself insane by playing that game all day so obviously when people are writing it, of course, they see the narrator as reliable, probably especially outside of, say, psychological thriller. I didn't like necessarily on purpose write Sadie to be unreliable when she's looking back on the instances, especially because they were originally part of just like a chronological order text. Yeah. Uh, but I can accept, um, in hindsight, again, the hindsight thing, that it could be unreliable. <laughs> but I think, I, think most, I think most characters, they, you have to believe they're reliable because it's obviously the author and trying then, to describe to you what's happening most of the time. And if it's not a thriller or it's not a myth, there's no like element necessarily of mystery to it. Yeah. yeah. Then you kind of have to trust the writer yeah. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's degrees of reliability, right? It's the lens that you experience the story through. Yeah. Because if we're, if, if one of the categories of being an unreliable narrator is naivety or just not knowing something. So like yeah. um, the sixth sense. So in, in theory, like his uh, Bruce Willis's character thinks he, he's not hiding the knowledge from himself. He doesn't have the knowledge yeah. that, that he's spoiler dead. Yeah. Um, so like he's unreliable because he lacks the knowledge, which helps you go through the journey with him. And I think yeah. it's kind of the same thing with, the Great Gatsby, which for me is like one of the the obvious kind of unreliable narrator things. The whole point is that Nick Carraway, who kind of tells the whole story, he's the character you follow, uh -huh. doesn't really he, he he meets Gatsby as you meet Gatsby, and he learns everything about Gatsby and all the stuff that's going on at the same time you do. So like the the tale that he's telling is true to what he has observed and what he sees and what he believes. Right, exactly. But it's but it's still unreliable. Because yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't know. He's just, a, he's just a guy. He's also from. Is he not from a different social background as well? So his view. Which of one, it, Gatsby or Caraway? Caraway. Yeah. Well, G Gatsby is like a social outcast kind. Yeah, of. but like he's he's <laughs> obviously like really wealthy. And, yeah. But yeah. Caraway isn't, and I think that does that not color a lot of what he says? Like, because that gives him like opinions. I I mean I think Caraway is part of that class. He's not in the same. He's not as rich as Gatsby, but isn't the, the but Gatsby is shunned by everyone. Uh, so it's the, it's a whole. But yeah, no, I I think you're right. But the overall thing is that you view you're viewing it as another character is learning it. So yeah, it's all, like it's interesting to have an unreliable narrator because they serve that kind of Watson role where mm. it's like they need to ask questions. Yeah, yeah for yeah, you yeah. as the reader to understand what's asking those questions. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is why it lends itself to that mystery element uh -huh. like, massively. And that is why it's a trope that's used so often with mystery elements, because yeah. it's a really nice way for the author to bury clues. 
Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was watching this morning um, a TikTok from um, a mystery author, and she was saying exactly that. Like you've got to put in clues, but you've got to bury them in the sand until only a tiny bit sticking out that yeah. you can just about see. Yeah, really nice way to do that is with an unreliable narrator because you're not sure what's a clue and what's a red herring. Yeah, yeah, that's true. How often do you guys? It doesn't need to be a twist, but I think so much of the time, unreliable na- narrators, especially the ones that fall into some sort of mental illness category, mm-hmm. do end up to some degree coming out as a twist. So I'm thinking of like Sh- Shutter Island. Yeah, I was about to say Shutter Island. Fight mm. Club, That's an amazing movie. American yeah. Psycho. Yeah. And all three of those well american psycho is less it's more just ambiguity it's like did he or didn't he yeah but, that's so but the other two like shutter island is you yeah know, you're, you're given a narrator which is posed as mm-hmm. being a Detective. sane person you then yeah. find out that the whole thing is sort of a delusion um, yeah and it's interesting as we sort of learn more about mental health those sorts of stories i'm trying to think of a more recent of those sorts of stories because i think as we get more into understanding mental health better and how those people put things together does it necessarily mean that anybody that has a mental illness is unreliable when they're telling you something and that's quite a common trope as well like in um ah what was it called oh gosh i want to say k9 but that isn't what it was called was it with k9 (laughs) doctor who's dogs (laughs) it was um oh my gosh i'll find it but it was um it's an alien movie about a guy who thinks that aliens have invaded and you find out at the end that aliens have invaded and he was totally right (laughs) um but throughout the movie you definitely lean towards he's wrong because he's in a mental hospital uh, oh k-packs yes k-packs k9 with kevin spacey yeah and you know he had that dog no Okay, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. And obviously, yes, it's a Kevin Spacey film. And obviously, nowadays, would not necessarily speak uh, of a Kevin yeah, Spacey you, film. You However, it, it was an interesting concept um, yes. in terms of talking about mental illness. Yeah. And again, but again, that one, that one, I think, is ambiguous. I wouldn't say it kind of confirms. No, it is. Yeah. You can argue with people have... about what the ending is, right? <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's actually in the same line as American Psycho. Yeah. Where. It's, yeah, the the thing is left up to debate. It's like, did, was it all a cover up, or did he just not do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so interesting. Here's one that I had, which I thought was interesting, because uh, and and I'm, it's going to sound like I'm criticizing this as if I didn't enjoy it, but I loved this trilogy, <laughs> um, and that's the Red Rising trilogy yeah. by Pierce uh, Brown, and it's um, it's it's pretty steady, sort of YA um, narrated throughout. I do remember there being one part where I felt like they he uses the uh, the sort of he kind of manipulates the point of view with the narration, which I felt a little cheated by. I mean, I enjoyed it. I absolutely loved the whole the whole the whole trilogy, original trilogy. I haven't read the new ones, um, but there's a part where he essentially uh, does a sort of time skip, and you, as the 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 reader. Are just sort of told like a time skip has happened. La 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 la. la. You get to this point, and then um, it's revealed that uh, one of the characters has been secretly in training with like one of the greatest fighters of all time, and now he's like an incredible expert uh, swordsman or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was all it was all done as like oh, it kind of retroactively goes yeah because I, I was doing this in the time skip. Uh, when this thing was happening, and I was like, "That's that's cheating, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this 
there's no clues. There's nothing there. It's like that's like full, fully unreliable because now you are actively concealing yeah, from yeah. the full Twilight Five. Carlisle dies. Fun. Everyone dies. Oh wait, it was <laughs> in Alice's mind. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie. I was uh, sat there watching that. Ollie was going, "No way!" And I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> I know they just changed everything, and then boom. <laughs> I'm an unreliable narrator," said the director. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, thanks. Great. Yeah, I know what you mean. It can sometimes feel like a a cheat. This is what I was talking about, maybe with the red herrings versus clues as well. I think it's fine as long as you, if you can go back and find that clue, then mm-hmm. it's okay. If you yeah. miss the clue, yeah, that's you know that's on you. That's your problem. But as long as it's signposted in some way, like you could have yeah. worked it out, I think it's fine. So like in um in Gone Girl. And obviously the reveal's kind of midway through that but she's her. still alive and that it's not true. But there are the clues because she goes back and shows you them, especially in the movie. I read the book as well. I read on holiday like really quickly. Um, I've seen the movie a couple of times. And yeah, she does go back and show you where the clues you missed. But they're like, oh, God, I'm so angry. Yeah. You know, yeah, that you're right. I totally should have seen that. Yeah. Um. So I think that's that's fine, even using an unreliable narrator. But yeah, I think it is a bit cheeky if they don't signpost it and go, surprise, I just lied. Yeah, Ha-ha. surprise. Yeah. A thing happened surprise. when you weren't watching. Yes. <laughs> they don't, people just don't become unreliable. Like, you, you would probably do yeah, something point. Yeah, throughout consistency. the book. Yeah. That demonstrates that you're unreliable in other ways. Like you could yeah. be morally ambiguous in other ways. Like, so sorry to refer back to my own work, but yeah. in Game Over Girl, like my main character, she steals things. You know, she's doing things already that I kind of like. Should you be doing that? You know, and it just yeah. makes yeah. you doubt the character. It just they just they, they don't just suddenly do something that makes no sense. You know that you have to build it in, and you, when you pull that rug from under the reader. Yeah, like we're just saying with Gone Girl like you have to be able to go back and be like oh that's why yeah. you did that and that's what this was about yeah. it has yeah. to yeah it has to be substantiated I think the, I mean the extreme example of that is you where yes. Yes. he's obviously Joe is obviously a terrible terrible person but yeah. because you're locked into his point of view there's a part of you that, that sort of is, is really trying and it's I think it's such a human thing because you're and reading then, from a person's point of view with their thoughts and like, there's a part of you really trying to sympathize. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. And the, another one that I had was um, uh, Agatha Christie style. Um, and this this is kind of ties into the whole cheating thing. Because I always felt like, uh, you know, I've watched a lot of the old Poirot um, and like Miss Marple. And they do the thing where the detective... They show you lots of the evidence, but they never show you all of it. And they do the thing with the detective, like runs through why this piece of evidence implicates that person. And they implicate every single person who apparently lives in wherever it is. Um, but they'll never give you the final piece of the puzzle. And like once you've watched yeah. enough of them, you're like, okay, so I understand how this works. And it's impossible for me as the reader slash viewer to, to guess who the who the well to, to actually know who the yeah with who the murderer certainty. is because yeah. you, you uh-huh. always hold it back from me because it is inherently unreliable. Yeah, that's so true. But I mean, I, I did, that that's so ingrained in the in the genre. So that's like the, the trope, really, really like uh-huh. grasping onto its own thing, right? Like that like, that is a trope used to the extreme. It's going to be the same formula every time, which is why it does so well. It's like romance does well because it always has the HGA, the happily ever after, so you know what to expect when reading it. And crime is exactly the same. 
Like you know what to expect when reading it. You know what to look for. You know you won't be given the final clue. That's okay. Yeah. If you go in with those expectations, that's well, that's what's clever about, say, Gone Girl is that it takes the trope and kind of runs a little bit with it because yeah. obviously you're being told, well, actually all the clues you might have been given might have been wrong and actually this. And, you know, so you can't trust what you've already read, but maybe you can because I've just told you everything. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's why that one twists it the other way around, whereas those classics, they're using that trope to its furthest extreme, right? Because you can definitely, the person you never trust weirdly is... I, I find anyway when I watch those is the investigator because they are always hiding something from you like this so famously yeah. in Sherlock Holmes he's always saying something and he's like elementary my dear Watson and Watson is us going what what is it yeah. you're not told <laughs> us <laughs> it's like that's me you know like what, what is it I will tell you at the next scene I will wait yeah. till I collect all of the suspects and then I will reveal it's like oh okay I can't <laughs> trust you then cool uh- everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> but it's funny. I mean, talking about going to the extreme of uh, unreliable narrators is... I'll bring it back to the name of the wind now. Okay, and uh-huh. you're gonna, you're going to be so interested by this when you finally get around to reading it, Melissa, because we talk <laughs> about it all the time. Okay. Yeah, but persuade me. Let's so. go. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, this isn't a spoiler. It's like the the way that the story is set up is that it starts in in quotes present, and the main character is 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 in a in a in a tavern, and he uh-huh. basically gets convinced to like tell his story. So the whole okay. thing is posed as he is retelling his story to you. Yeah, and he doesn't. He he almost he tells you the lies that he told when he was younger. To basically, he basically used to sort of something would happen and he would embellish it. But he, mm-hmm. as he's relaying the story, he tells you that he embellished this so that he would gain a sort of greater reputation uh, yeah. throughout yeah. that kind of area, and and you kind of accept that. And then I think, as I'm as I was reading it, a part of me was like, okay, so he's trustworthy because he's telling me where he's embellishing it but then after i'd sort of finished and was thinking back to it i was like well surely then he's just embellishing everything yeah because you're hearing you're you're hearing him telling you the story of when he was younger and he was like oh and this is the thing that i exaggerated and then you're like Uh hold on a second yeah (laughs) Yeah. and you know the audience (laughs) whereas obviously usually in a book the audience is that fourth wall right whereas if he's telling the story to somebody in a pub he's going to obviously (laughs) <laughs> big up his part well, this in... is it yeah it, that this is what i i was thinking about particularly with the name of the wind is the fact that he is the hero of his own story and he yeah. makes you know it like every step of the way yeah and it's like oh, i suppose if you are telling someone your story when you were in your prime and doing great things you probably would big it up a little bit and i don't know so is it is it just normal is it just the way that you would tell a story to somebody yeah. um and but like at the, on the other hand though um, someone in his pub does recognize him and like, oh, I thought it was you, but I wasn't quite sure. Then he started singing this song and you knew all the verses. And I know it's you now. And then suddenly he goes away and he's like, oh, well, yeah, maybe. And he plays it down and um, sort of pretends to be this old man again. Right. And um, so it's like, you know, you just kind of flip flop between, well, was he actually that great? Or is it just the fact that yeah. he's obsessed with himself? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so interesting as well, because if the third book ever does come out, 
but, there's a part of me that's wondering it's like what if this what if it was all a lie you know yeah. what if what if he, he yeah. did the the story that he told is such an embellished version of what actually happened like he's famed for some very specific feats yeah. and at the, the beginning of the book he literally like it's laid out the here's a list of the like things that he's famous for have having done but mm-hmm. those are essentially just check marks everything else is embellishment that he could be like expanding yeah, out as much yeah. as he wants and there's a part of me that thinks it would be an amazing way to finish the trilogy yeah. would be for you to find out that he kind of did those things and like they were partially by accident like maybe he, he just got like credited for them and he never yeah. actually did them and stuff that would be so cool <laughs> but then on the other t- on the other hand though he's got that uh bast guy demon running around yeah, him who thinks he's true. great and it's like well someone obviously at someone else is obviously convinced he's great so yeah i think the fact that we can have this this much discourse <laughs> about it says that he's doing the trope well really like it's, it's interesting yeah like it's like we don't know what to believe but it's kind of exciting in a way yeah. I think it's a really good example of doing it but he also you know he's going he's leaning so hard into he's basically saying i am unreliable and then he's, the narrator is saying this is where i lied how much am I lying now? And like, it's, yeah, it's a whole circle. Yeah, it's like a, <laughs> a test almost, isn't it? Like, so maybe sometimes it's better in the, you know, like the fun and game section of any series or book where you're in the middle and you actually don't know. I think sometimes you can be a bit disappointed if you find yeah. out at the end one way or the other and it's almost more fun to debate because I was thinking when you were telling me about it, it kind of reminds me of like he's his own bard. Like it made me think of Dandelion with Geralt and well, how he, he makes all these songs. He and of course, like, He's like, well, this didn't happen that's not how it happened and he's like yeah but it's like it's a song isn't it so i've got yeah. to make it like really fun and interesting yeah, and exciting and is there a part of us especially as authors and obviously in like they would win like he's basically authoring his own story but obviously he's written by an author is it that <laughs> when you're writing a story it's okay to embellish it if it has a point because obviously we're writing fiction didn't actually happen but obviously quite often we're like oh yeah you know what do you want readers to take away from the story oh yeah. let's take away this so is it okay and does that make you unreliable just because you are mm. highlighting something? Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're just trying to get a response, like an emotional yeah, response. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Are we just all secretly like massive fans of drama as a species? <laughs> I love yes. drums. Yeah. Of course we are. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. We've talked a lot about um, first person narration, which we mm-hmm. have, I think, concluded is inherently unreliable, no yeah. matter kind of what range you look at it. And then there's also the, the the sort of we've talked about the different categories and things like. Do you guys think that uh, a book written with an omnipotent narrator uh-huh. can be unreliable? No. Sorry, no. That was very okay. immediate. Go, go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, because it would be cheating, it, right? It, yeah, it, it would be like. Yeah. If, if if they're omnipotent, okay, so fine, they know everything. But like, um, usually it's presented through um, the thoughts of someone else, um, and and they're describing what that person, how that person reacts, and things like that to to events throughout the book. Yeah. And so to to I don't know. So the fact that um, they would lead you so far through the book describing how that one character behaves, and then suddenly I don't I don't think it would work narratively is there an example of it i'm just thinking that because obviously omnipotence would be that they have all the power whereas omniscience is that they know everything so they're all like did you mean 
And then omniscient, omniscient. Omniscient, yeah. okay. Um, Which is like I a get similar. Yeah, no, no, no you, I got it omniscient wrong. is <laughs> what you were talking about there. I, was, I said the same word. I knew what omnipotent you Omnipotent didn't make sense. <laughs> Surely all authors are omnipotent. Isn't that yes. the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Especially true. Especially if you plot and don't <laughs> let your characters <laughs> lead you down a path, but that's a different podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't think of one where it's, I mean, obviously middle grade used to, especially when we were younger, like lean into the omniscient narrator where they're like, oh, you know, like um, there are some real doll stories and stuff where it's like, oh, let me tell you about this like story uh, that happened. Or I, I th- I'm even thinking at the beginning of flipping, um, what's it called? Not Hunchback of Notre Dame or Aladdin, where it's like a guy saying, I can tell you the story of this whole thing that happened. And then it goes yeah. into the story. You almost forget that it's like uh, being narrated by somebody. So I guess they're technically omniscient. And then, of course, in Aladdin, it's actually the genie. So he is also omnipotent. So yeah. there is a double okay. example. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it would make a good story, especially in modern day, like how we tell stories contemporary times. Yeah. I The whole point of an unreliable narrator, though, is there's this reveal when they themselves either suddenly realize they're unreliable or they right. reveal to you that they're unreliable. Um, and I don't think that would work in third person because there's like that barrier um you don't, you don't get that immediacy that you would with I and me. You, it becomes like she and her or whatever. And I think that would be um, too much of a barrier and, and the twist wouldn't work as well. Right. Because yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you're I and me, you're in their head, you're doing it, they're describing things as, they, as they're doing it and you're doing it with them. If it's she and her, you're watching. And I, yeah. I think it's just not, it just loses that immediacy. What so about... Timeline manipulation. Oh, so, that was really clever in The Witcher. Have oh, yes, it is very clever one. in The Witcher. Yeah. Yes, the way that they do it in the the movie, uh, the, yeah, movie, the TV looks. series specifically. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, no, it is really clever that you don't realize things aren't all happening at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that and was some really are taking longer than other things. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I enjoyed that a lot. I think, that and that works. was a bit unreliable narrator, and it was a good reveal, but in yeah. in a way that the narrator was like sort of a bit wink wink unreliable like they weren't telling me lies yeah but they were like ho 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 but you didn't think this and i was kind of in on the joke you know i was like oh you got me yeah yeah no i like that uh, i mean the, i think the best example of that that i could think of was westworld season one yeah yes which, it does a really similar oh, thing yeah i've seen westworld that, yeah. but that one does it as it it's it's like not really a twist with in the when the witcher does it it's just like and now they all come together kind yeah, of yeah but it's so satisfying but in westworld it's a huge reveal i remember when the yeah. reveal happens that it's like th- there's like three separate timelines going on and I, yeah and you like you've been watching this the whole time assuming uh, it was all happen happening concurrently and that reveal just is so perfectly done. Yeah, and it is like, not a wink, wink, you're in on the joke now reveal. It is a, oh my God, I thought these were yeah. three different people and they're not reveal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's it was mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. But like yeah. that is, I mean, I guess there's not strictly a narrator. The narrator yeah. is uh, whoever's, you know, the director, <laughs> basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess in, in terms of an omniscient narrator, you can't really... It'd be too difficult, I think. Yeah, I, don't know yeah if I think so. It breaks so many storytelling rules that I think uh, you would struggle to keep all the other threads together. Well, I would. I'm obviously too thick to do that because I, I can't even imagine like how difficult that would be to keep 
everything going and not <laughs> piss off the reader, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it would say, piss people yeah. off. Because I've just realised what the... it is. I've just realised what the omniscient, unreliable narrator is. It's it's a uh, final page turnover and it was all a dream. Yeah, <laughs> that's so exactly true. What it is. That is so true. And yeah. then you woke up. Yeah. And that does, that does annoy people. Yeah, yeah, because it's very annoying. Yeah, it is annoying. No, it's, it's absolutely right. You should be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> why, did watch, why, why did I sit through that then? Come on. <laughs> I was invested. It was yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so in conclusion, what do we think? What, what, we obviously, Naomi, huge fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. amazing. Uh, actually, having written Game of a Girl where you, you've fully embraced Unreliable Narrator and it's very much a, a kind of core part of the, the book, did you feel, uh, I mean, did, did you feel that, that every line of you, she's more, it's like she's unreliable? I mean, she is, unre- as we've discussed, all first person narration <laughs> oh, yeah. is unreliable, <laughs> but she's not like, I would, when I was reading that, I never considered her unreliable beyond um just being first person? No. I think she's... Every Nine of You, I think, is a different type of unreliable narrator in the sense yeah. that she is justifying her actions and... Lying to herself. Yeah. So she's not necessarily um, outright lying. There's no memory issue there. But she's yeah. definitely making interesting choices. Um, she's doing through... mental acrobatics to justify yeah. her actions. Exactly. Whereas Game Over Girl... She tells you on page one that she hallucinates. <laughs> yes, it is very early on, lost grip on reality. Whereas I would argue that um, Lydia loses grip on reality. Yeah, she like I'm thinking about when she. And this yeah, isn't yeah. a huge one. When she locks her mum in the car, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, she's had. The, she's gone. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, like yeah, I'll yeah. carry on. But okay. <laughs> yeah. like up until now, <laughs> I could defend. <laughs> but yeah, this is bad. Okay, but she might never be found. That's fine. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, That's yeah. just made me think of another example, which is um, A Monster Calls, which yeah. I think falls into the category Amazing. of uh, lying to themselves. Because yeah. throughout the whole thing, he is trying to, he's not like, I think he knows the whole time and the yeah. whole time he is trying to sort of repress the truth of, yeah. of yeah. you know, how he feels about um, his mother's impending death. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. you get given enough clues in that. I think yeah. as well. So like oh, it's like as you start to realize what's going on and it's sort of it's more of a slow realization as opposed to a jaha jacuz yeah. I know what's happening. It's a lot more like you start to realize oh my gosh that's what's happening and it's almost like you're being prepared for that death as yeah, well yeah. as so him it because it's finally... a really slow opening. So I think that's done quite nicely and there's a slight twist on the trope because there isn't a sudden reveal. No, yeah. that's so not true. really. No, that's you are true. led down the path. You know, you kind of work it out slowly, but don't want to believe it, just like yeah, him. No. Yeah, when it's like, and when it finally is written in front of you. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah, like, oh, yeah. It's very sad, but it was, you know, that's obviously how it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfection. I love that book. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Very good. Awesome. So in conclusion, no rela- no, no narrators are reliable. <laughs> <laughs> Vision, we can't trust anyone. <laughs> trust no one. You can't even trust David Attenborough. <laughs> it's, I think it's degrees, right? It's degrees yeah. of reliability. Every okay. Like any piece of media that you consume, whether it's a book, whether it's um, something on television, uh, there is always some level of propaganda in it because yeah. you are watching it written by a person who is writing a, another person. So. Okay. 
you know, just by the nature of reading a book and and kind of gaining empathy for the character, you are you are viewing the world through their lens to some degree, and then also the author's lens to some degree. So, okay. yeah, unless they're omniscient, they <laughs> cannot be relied upon. <laughs> and omni omnipotent, On, omnipotent. Yeah, <laughs> if the, yeah. <laughs> like the genie in Aladdin. <laughs> well, exactly. But yeah. then, then the person that wrote the genie was, I don't know. Yeah, also also omnipotent and omnipotent because he plotted it within an inch of its life and knew where it was going and his characters never wavered. Of oh. course, because that's how, that's how it works. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up here. And for everyone listening, go and buy Naomi's book, Game Over Girl. It's out now. Yay! Enjoy. Thanks for putting up with our nonsense for another episode. To stay tuned to everything we're up to, you can follow the podcast on all socials at The Chosen Tropes. Follow Melissa at Meliva, Naomi at Naomi G. Writes, and Jamie at Jamie X. Greenwood. Don't forget to check out Naomi and Melissa's books as well as the Right and Wrong podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next trope. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 